What's up, Bulls Nation? Welcome back to the Whole Little Bull Podcast. I'm Troy. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Troy, and you can follow the show at Whole Lot of Bull. Uh, so preseason's all wrapped up for another year, guys. Um, you know, one thing I, as I said on Twitter, going into the preseason, what I'm looking for is I'm not about. I'm not interested in winning and losing. I'm not interested in whether shots are falling. Interested in the process of what's been going on and seeing the team put into practice on in a game situation, what they've been working on in training camp. And, you know, there's some positives, uh, there's some um, concerns. Um, one, probably the biggest concern has been that, um, you know, the, the team in the front office, coaching, all spoke about changing the shot profile of the team. And to be honest, I'm... I'm just saying, but, you know, when they're changing the shot profile, I mean, getting more, shooting more threes, because last year we were, like, one of the worst teams in the league in attempts per game, even though we had a decent percentage. But we need to, we need to get more three-point shots up, and this is, honestly, just hasn't happened in preseason. Now, whether this is uh, due to the fact of, you know, the, the, the main guys weren't playing the full games, um, or players were sitting out, like, you know, we saw Zach, Zach Levine sit out the last game um, against Minnesota, which obviously would have changed the shot profile of within that game itself. Um, but o- overall, you you wanted to see these guys get up a lot more threes, and in saying that as well, like, there's one part I do actually agree with on Billy Donovan, you don't want to just jack threes for the sake of jacking up threes. You, you do want them being created and them being good like good shots to take you don't just want to jack up a three just for the sake of it like i said before um but yeah that's definitely an area area for concern going into the season but hopefully once you know once the season actually starts against uh uh my aussie fellow aussie boy in adelaide 36 josh giddy and his oklahoma city thunder um we can actually see this game plan actually probably take more uh, more shape, and hopefully, with you know the threes actually start going up a bit on a bit more regular basis, and with the 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 main core guys actually playing off like the full amount of minutes that they would normally play. Like you know, say for example, Zach Levine playing thirty five minutes, Demar thirty five. Um, another thing that was talked about during this preseason was playing more through uh, Nikola Vucevic, and. It seemed like in the first few games he was kind of taking it easy a bit. Um, I think some people probably had a, a few concerns about how what's going on here with Vooch. Um, but then in the last two games he just turns back into Nikola Vucevic, and at the same time he's also done it. He did it very quietly. Like he wasn't he wasn't out there killing. He was just being efficient, playing smart. I mean, if if that's the Nikola Vucevic we're going to get all the year where he's getting 20 and 10 and you don't even really notice him doing it, then, hey, I'm all for it. Um, another thing we saw, like, uh, DeMar DeRozan seemed like he did take a bit of a back seat um, in, the, in the preseason games, especially to Zach. You know, it definitely seemed like Zach was uh, the, the man. Um, we, we saw DeMar get up. A few more three-point attempts that 
hopefully will translate into the season. Now, again, with DeMar, like, like the team, but more especially DeMar, I don't want him necessarily hunting three-point shots because he's not the greatest three-point shooter going. But if they're there, he needs to take him. Like, he, if he's open, he absolutely needs to take that three-point shot. He can't just, you know, dribble into a mid-range, which we know he's, we know he's cash money at, but, like, if that three-pointer is there, he needs to take it. And if he misses, he misses. But, you know, if it's a good open shot, hey, we can live with him missing it. And it's the same with the whole team. Like, if they're taking a good wide open shot, they just miss it. And then it is it is what it is. But, you know, those three-point shots are there. They need to take him. Like, that's the way the NBA game is played these days. Um, Patrick Williams. Now, there were... He did have a bit of an up and down preseason, and but and the unfortunately the ups came more when other players were not playing, a la Demar, Zach. Um, like and when I say the ups, I'm talking about his overall aggression. He you know asserting himself into the game, making himself known. And again, it's not about him scoring you know fifteen, twenty, twenty five points or what have you. It's about Make it known you're out there and making them feel you. And in that last game against Minnesota, he absolutely, you absolutely felt his presence out there. Like he didn't shoot the ball well at all, but everything he did was the correct thing to do in terms of his shot selection. He was aggressive as hell. Shit, we saw him take Rudiger Gobert to the basket a few times where he got, you know, one play, he um, took him strong and got a nice layup. Then there was another time where he, Went to absolutely murder Rudy Gobert, but got the got the foul and went to the free throw line for a couple of free throws. I mean, if if he can show that aggression, when it comes to his scoring abilities, if he can show that that level of aggression on a more consistent basis, I mean that ultimately that is going to make life easier for Zach, Demar, Vucevic, even Kobe White. I mean. An aggressive Patrick Williams, even offensively, searching for his own shot, that will help the rest of the team. Like, because if if you you need if you're making yourself a threat, the defense needs to be worried about you as well. Because if you're not if you're not making your presence felt there out there on the court, and you're just going, oh, I'll just let Demar take the shots because like he's the veteran, or let Lazak, you know, because he's the vet, Vucevic because he's the vet. It's like you're you're actually making their life harder. You're making the making the game harder for them. So like the one thing I've said about Patrick before in the past is that they need him to be to help how can I word this properly? In order for them to actually have their games maximized and make the game easy for them, he needs to be aggressive offensively himself. He needs to be a threat out there. Because if they go and double team him, or sorry, if they go on team like Zach or Damar or Vooch, then they're going to pay the price by Patrick Williams being aggressive himself and him getting the bucket, whether it be you know a dunk or a three level or anywhere in between. Anywhere in betwixt. Shout out, Big Dave. Um, Kobe White. Wow. Um, I mean, based on what I saw from Kobe White last season. I was like, and when and when we signed Javon Carter, you know, I was a big advocate for Javon being the starting point guard going into this year, and like letting Kobe be that microwave scorer, 
you know, that guy who can come in off the bench, like that sixth man of the year, Jamal Crawford type player, which a lot of us have said about, about Kobe for a few years now. It seemed like that was the role that, that was probably best suited to him because he de- does seem to need to be a player that needs the ball in his hands in order for him to be effective. Well, damn. Um, Kobe, I was I was wrong. I'm happy to admit I was wrong. You, you're the, like Kobe is the guy to be the starting point guard. Like he has absolutely proven that's his spot. And until things go horribly wrong for him, or all of a sudden either Ayodele or Javon Carter are just playing absolutely out of their minds and forcing Billy Donovan's hands. Uh, no, nah, the starting point guard job is Kobe White's. Like end this end of story. There's no, there's no need to discuss that anymore. Like Kobe's been amazing. Ultra aggressive, attacking the paint, finding finding cutters. I mean, what more can you ask for from Kobe White at the moment? And then some of the extra guys that have come into the team, like uh, Javon, Tory Craig. You can see the impact that these guys are going to have on the team going into this season, and these are absolute bargain bargain deals. I mean, the fact that we got Tory Craig on a vet's minimum is absolutely insane. Now, some people go, well. He could have signed that with like there's all there was red flags as to why Phoenix let him go when they signed a whole bunch of guys to vet minimum deals and they you know vet they could have signed Tory Craig to a vet minimum deal so there's a like red flag there like they could have brought him back. Clearly, he didn't actually want to go back. Um, there's also that so when it comes to free agency as well, people need to remember like there's there's two sides to everything. It's not just oh, a team just let him go. Maybe they wanted to leave the situation that they were in. And that appears to be the story with Tory Craig. He came out and said, you know, a few months ago that um, a tourist kind of show has been trying to get him to Chicago for a couple of years now because obviously they got their relationship back in their Denver days. So clearly this is, has been in the works for quite some time. And there's one thing it does appear to be with, uh, with a tourist. He does seem to get the guys he he wants eventually. Like he may not need to get him straight away, but he does eventually get him. Um, but yeah, Tory Craig, he's gonna like yeah, he's gonna absolutely push Patrick Williams to be the best that he can be. Hope and hopefully, you know, now then now it's also it's that's still on Patrick to do it himself. Um like that goes without saying. But Tory Craig's gonna be that great veteran presence for Patrick as well. And plus he's gonna bring that spark plug off the bench um, in terms of his intensity, his defense, like that that 3 and D guy at, at the power forward position. Um, Javon Carter. Now, he, I, I, I don't know if, obviously I haven't been on Twitter for as long as I've seen Javon Carter play. Um, I remember the days when he was in Brooklyn and seeing him play now, I had no, to be honest with you, going before, before we even, until we signed him, I didn't actually know Javon Carter was from Chicago. When I saw him playing for Brooklyn, I wanted him to play like in a Bulls uniform back then. Like I saw this guy was an absolute dog defensively. And then like, yeah, he, he's the type of guy like at that point guard position, tough as nails on defense, full court pressure, takes those threes and is, pretty efficient at it 
I mean, I, I love having Javon Carter on this team. And when I found out we signed him, I was ecstatic. So now looking forward to what Javon is going to bring to the team this year. Um, who uh, I'd assume it looks like he's uh, get at least getting back to the form he had in his rookie year. Like he, we, he obviously had a bit of drop off last season, but it's good to see Io's probably re found himself again. And I'm looking forward to a good year from Io. He, he's definitely brought a new edge about him going chasing those offensive rebounds. Looks like his shot has vastly improved a bit. He sped it up a bit, and it's a bit and. His motion, while still almost exactly the same, does look like it has changed slightly. Um, so it has helped his ability to get his shot off a bit quicker as well. But hey, for the most part, as long as he can get back to being an absolute dog on defense and causing havoc, like he did his rookie year, uh, I think I is in for a good season. Uh, Andre Drummond. Now, shout out Andre for actually tweeting back at me. Um, over the last week when I tweeted saying how I was frustrated by him not going up um, finesse, trying for those layups. I mean, obviously it's preseason, everyone's shaking off the cobwebs. Um, now, the, so I did tweet at Andre saying, I, anytime he's within arm's length of the basket, I want him to absolutely destroy that ring like he's Shaquille O'Neal. Like, and I put in that, that gif of um, Shaq Duncan and Chris Dudley and pushing him up, like after the dunk, like that's the type of force I want. I I want to see Andre Drummond playing when he's underneath the basket, like no more finesse stuff, trying little tips and stuff. Like this dude is an absolute mammoth of a man. Like he is huge. He's like there's no there's no reason. Like so Andre, I know I know you're listening, buddy. So, shout out to you for tweeting back at me. There is absolutely no reason underneath the basket anything should be soft from you, dude. Force that thing down hardcore. Dunk the shit out. I almost want that ring coming down. On Like, turn into Shaquille O'Neal of the modern era. Like, I love... I love watching Andre Drummond play. It's absolutely entertaining. Like as the as a uh, Matt and Neil at C-Rec UK say, embrace the chaos and oh chaos it is. Love it, Andre. Keep doing your thing, my guy. Um, looking forward to a great season from you. And hey, why not do a next time you do a big ass powerful dunk? Why not do a signal a big T or something that way? I know it's for me, and I'll go buy your jersey if you can. And hey, can you sign it for me as well? Um, so that'll probably wrap it up for this episode, guys. I just want to give some th uh, quick thoughts on the preseason. Um, and now looking forward to getting into the actual regular season next week when we open up against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, so yeah, um, quick, probably I'll give you a quick little season preview. I've only got a couple of minutes to spare here as I'm picking up my son from training. Um... There's no reason we can't go. We can't win 46 games like we did a couple of years ago. Honestly, I think we should probably even do better than that. Like this team overall has, Im I think it's improved on the margins enough now. If they can just execute the the supposed game plan that they've brought in, there's absolutely no reason why we can't get back up into the mid to high 40s in terms of win totals. Um, but yeah, no, looking forward to a great season. Oh, oh, and one final thing. 
Now, me, I'm going to say me and um, young Jordan, Derek, shout out Derek, we've been pushing, we've, we've probably been the ones driving this train for quite a while, especially Derek, so I'm not going to take all the credit here. He's finally gone. The Bulls finally waved Carleek Jones. Bye-bye. See you later. Enjoy China. Go learn Chinese, buddy. No. Look, I'm sure he's going to end up back at the Windy City Bulls or find another another, another team to land on. But, like, he, I'm sorry. He's just not an NBA-caliber player. So it was time for him to go. And finally, so maybe we'll see on or out Bitten or Bateem, however you say his last name, but pretty sure he's, he's pronounced his first name on a route. Um, so that'll do it for this episode, guys. I'm not sure when I'll be back again, um, but until next time, see you right, go Bulls!